Welcome to the Total Freedom Podcast, where you can build your total freedom lifestyle and live your life doing what you want, when you want, with whomever you want. And now, here is your host, John Racine. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Total Freedom Podcast. I am your host, John Racine. Today's episode is me actually being featured as a guest on another podcast. It was a wonderful interview that was conducted several months ago, and uh, it's just a really great time speaking to, to Jag. So sit back and enjoy, and I'll catch you at the end of this episode. Listening to the International Connection. This is your host, Jack Sandu. Alright, what is going on, guys? This is your host, Jack Sandu, and welcome to another exciting episode of the International Connection. It's Friday morning, 7 a.m. right here in Canada, and I can't be more excited for this because I've got John in the building. How's it going, John? I'm doing great. Really excited to be here and uh, really excited to share some value with your audience. You know, John and me were talking about the pandemic that surrounds us at the moment and how important it is to start your Friday morning with some positive conversation. And I think it's got a lot of value in it. What do you think, John? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I especially think in these times, though it's Friday, the time we're recording this, I think we need that morning positivity seven days a week for the foreseeable future, but truthfully, every day of life. Absolutely. So, John, why don't we kick things off by you telling us a little bit about yourself, the kind of work you do and, you know, what projects do you involve yourself in on a daily basis? Absolutely. So right now I am a regional director of human resources for a very large food service company. And I am based out of an airport, actually. So I'm located in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Uh, I'm in Broward County, which is kind of now ground zero in the state of Florida for all of the, uh, the, the pandemic issues that are happening right now. Yeah. But I do have responsibility for four airports. Uh, I have uh, Tampa, Oklahoma City, and I have a little small airport in Midland, Texas. And I have to get involved in everything from employee relations to recruiting and benefits and uh, you know all of the things that are going involved with that. I've got about a thousand employees combined. And at the time we're recording this, I think between all four airports, we're running with about 100 people. So we've really been forced to, to scale it back. And uh, it's, a, it's a huge emotional toll, obviously, for all of these uh, associates, we call them, as we're going through this to, to you know, make sure that they're being taken care of themselves, that we can financially support them in any way they can. So that's kind of what I'm doing on a day-to-day. Right now, I'm still communicating to our staff what's happening and what it means for them. And uh, that's been my life for about the last 10 days. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I can only imagine the kind of work you're doing right now and the amount of business you experience on a daily basis. You know, we'll talk a little bit about that, but I want to ask you this question. How are you taking this both professionally and personally? You know, it's on both fronts. It's been a roller coaster. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm in a, in a mini mastermind of sorts with a, a group of ladies in England. Right. And last week, Friday morning, I had a complete meltdown, just to be honest. Uh, we were in a Voxer chat and uh, I, I broke down in, in tears, truthfully, on Friday morning. It was about as low as I had been at that point in time. And uh, they helped lift me up, bring me back around 
And one of the, the mantras that I carry throughout my life now is that the only thing you can control in life is how you react to life. And I, I still had 600 employees I had to communicate with. So I've really tried to stay focused on being positive. And, and when I get out of the office and I do get home, I'm not under a lockdown order. I'm emotionally spent. So there's a lot of exhaustion. So I just kind of get home and, and decompress and relax. So I get my time when I get out of the office and then it's all go when I'm in the office and I have to stay positive as I'm telling people, you're not working for the foreseeable future. So it really, really has been an emotional roller coaster. I think my low was about a week ago. And right now I'm definitely hovering above the midpoint. Hey, you know, John, like by hearing stories like that, you know, they inspire me a lot because they teach me the lesson of being positive by putting positive deliberately inside you, even when things are not going so good outside. So is that the sort of framework you work with? Is that the sort of mindset you have that whenever a crisis comes, instead of mulling over it and trying to be, you know, uh, crying about it, you tend to be positive and try to find a solution regarding it? Yeah. And, and even before a solution, it's accepting that I'm controlling how I react to it. And I wasn't always like this. I mean, very early on when I was younger, early in my career, early in my entrepreneurial journey, everything bothered me. And I don't know what it was that finally flipped the switch, but then I ultimately realized it's neither good nor bad, whatever is happening. It's my interpretation of what's happening. So I think first, you've got to wrap your head around, how can I make good out of this? Because there is good to happen. You know, if we just kind of put a real quick spin on it during this time, there are industries that are thriving yeah. during this economy. You know, we'll look, we're right here on a Zoom call right now. Yeah. Zoom has done to do great because of all the remote conferences. Um, yeah, I don't know if your audience may be familiar with a niche called the preppers, but those are the people that stockpile food and medicines and, and all of those kinds of things. Gas masks. That industry, oh my gosh, is doing phenomenal things. So there is good happening in spite of all of the chaos, all of the, the negative media. Um, and I think one of the really good things is a lot of people are getting to reconnect with their families mm. and their friends and get that quality time, which at least in my experience, hasn't been there, gosh, since I was a kid. Uh, so I think it's really allowing people to reconnect back to humans. And this is a real human to human connection, though. That's how this pandemic is transmitted, but it's also how we're going to get out of it. Absolutely. You're definitely right about that. I'm calling my mom every single day, you know, and we're having good quality conversations. I didn't used to do that before. And from a natural point of view, you know, in Venice, the situation is quite bad, but at the same time, they're saying that the river is getting clearer. You know, the nature is coming back. They have spotted some birds and animals that didn't exist before almost. Right. You know, so you're, you're, you're right about that. Yeah. And one of the managers that works here where I'm at is was actually in Italy during the lockdown. He is from Italy wow. and he was able to secure a private flight out of Italy to get back into the U.S. And, uh, you know, he's talking about some of those things. So he's focusing on the positive. And I think, you know, we've got hundreds of millions of people around the world. And I think if we focus on the positive, do the things that they're directing us to do. Yeah. Yes, it's going to be rough. But we are going to come through this. You know, I think back, I was involved in the workforce during the economic meltdown around 2008, yeah. 2009. And I thought that was the worst thing I was ever going to see in my life. And up until now, it was, but we still came out of it. And heck, yeah. we came out of it a whole lot stronger. So I think staying positive, you know, realizing like over there in Venice, I, I've seen the articles that you're talking about. Yeah. There's some pretty cool stuff. And that's what we really need to focus on. 
there's always a silver lining, no matter how bad the situation is. And I, as John said, it's all about the mindset. What are you focusing on really matters. And I think, John, that's the perfect way to end the first segment of this podcast, which was about you and the kind of work you do. Now, the second is, is directly, um, I want to know more about empowered marketing solutions and some of the other recent projects that you're diving into, just, just, just so my audience can know the kind of work you do on a daily basis. Yeah, so Empowered Marketing Solutions started out to be one thing, transitioned into something different, and then still made a different pivot from there. So it was originally created as Empowered Publishing, and it was designed to create... Uh, courses and content to help people to make money online. So I was publishing eBooks and video courses and things like that. I wanted to pivot out of that particular niche and a niche, if your audience isn't familiar, is kind of a a customized focus. So we look at my job, my niche is food and beverage. So that's kind of what a niche is. So I wanted to get out of that internet marketing niche and really help local businesses, the restaurants of the world, the retail stores, the the, uh, gun and knife shops, and and those kinds of places, help them drive business into their stores. In the last year or so, I've transitioned it into more of a development and and personal development area. Um, Really, I've been working with a a coach and a mentor for, gosh, about two years now. And we were having a heart-to-heart conversation about a year ago. And she actually said, you know, John, you've been through a ton of things in your life. And we can dig into that a little later if you want. But there's been a lot of negativity in my life. And she asked me, you know, what would be your message be based on all of that? And I said, you know, I think it is that the only thing you can control in life is how you react to life. And she said, that's Mm -hmm. your message. And then I pivoted the company based on that and have gone into more of the personal development route, helping people with their mindset, helping people to overcome obstacles, struggles. And because I've been involved in different industries, different businesses, I'm kind of uniquely able to help individuals and businesses with those things. So that's where Empowered Marketing Solutions is today. Absolutely. That's a really, really good description. And I have so many questions that I can ask you based on that. But first of all, I want to know, did you always have a passion for, you know, starting something of your own in the field of, let's say, marketing or publishing, whatever it was like, did you always have that this entrepreneurial spirit inside? Yeah. So it actually goes way, way, way back to when I was a kid. Right. Um, In America, we had the Boy Scouts of America and the Cub Scouts. I grew up in the scouting program. And I was diagnosed as a type one diabetic when I was 10 years old. So eating right had always been important, you know, no sugar and that kind of thing. So I remember this one weekend when I was camping with the Boy Scouts and my Mm -hmm. entire troop was out doing their thing. It was about five o'clock and nobody was coming back to make dinner. I'm like, guys, I got to eat. So I ended up starting to cook dinner and uh, made the meal that night. Everybody came back and said, hey, it was really, really good. And I had just been cooking at my mom's hip. So I started developing into that cooking thing. And then somewhere around 12 or 13, I said, hey, I want to own a restaurant. Yeah. And I've always had that entrepreneurial gene. And I geared my entire college career into to running my own restaurant, my initial professional career into running a restaurant. And then I got into the working world and I'm like, what the heck were you thinking? That's <laughs> really, really hard. It's one of the most difficult industries to get into. Yeah. So though I gave up on the restaurant, I've always had an entrepreneurial streak of some sort since yeah. I was about 12 years old. Absolutely. See, this is the thing that I want to tell a lot of my audience is that entrepreneurship is transferable. You know, it's not only limited to one specific field, you know, it requires a certain type of mindset, like John mentioned before, and you can transfer that to pretty much any project you take. I'm pretty sure, John, your own business and your corporate involvement have a lot of similarities 
Yes. One of the things that I consider unique about myself in my human resources career that translates over to the entrepreneurial career, in my professional career, I believe that there are plenty of what we call transferable skills. Yeah. So if we look at the restaurant industry or the hotel industry, which I was in for a number of years, what skills are transferable? Customer service, cash handling. There's so many different things. And one of my, my HR mantras is hire the attitude and train the skill. Mm. All of that transfers over into being an entrepreneur because there are transferable skills. So I have a strong background in human resources. I'm a certified HR professional. So I can develop my own team. I can identify talent. I can create strategic plans. So all of that is transferred over into being an entrepreneur. And I believe that everybody has that. Even if you're a stay-at-home parent, you have organizational skills. You've got event planning skills. So there's so many things that you have that you may not realize are right there that you can utilize in an entrepreneurial setting, even right now in a remote entrepreneurial setting. Absolutely. And you figure things out by, you know, putting the action, by being in the process. A lot of people are afraid to start to take that first step, but you just have to do it sometimes and then you learn. Absolutely. It's, it, you know, it's easy to say kind of jump all in, which a lot of people will say. Yeah. And, and I definitely subscribe to that. And I believe there's some, some definite validity to that. But at a minimum, take that first step. Yeah. You know, if it's read a book, if it's... Um, grab your phone and record a video or a voice something that you can put out on Instagram or Twitter or YouTube or whatever it might be. Just take that small step because that first step is what gets that ball rolling. So definitely whatever it is, get started. Absolutely. And I love what you said right there that you hire the attitude, but you train the skill. I'm a 22 year old student. So I'm in the middle of, you know, job hunting and all that processes right now. And I feel like all these companies, they want to hire um, people just so they can increase their numbers, you know, just so they can earn more money and everything. Whereas what they really should be doing, I believe, is to hire already motivated people who have the right attitude so that they can train them, you know, um, into doing what their projects are. Is that something you believe in? I I fully believe in that. And I'll dig a little bit deeper onto that because I'm imagining a lot of your audience may be in a job, looking for a job, and not necessarily even want to go on that entrepreneurial track, which is fantastic because that's how our economy moves and hums. And and I believe from an HR perspective, I've already talked about hire the attitude and train the skill. There's very little that you cannot train somebody to do. If we look at being a surgeon, okay, that's different, right? It's going to require the medical degree and, you know, years and years of medical experience. Experience. I get it. If I look at the industry that I've been in for most of my career, which is hospitality, for a brief period, I was in retail. Right. I can teach you that, but I can't teach you to be nice. I can't teach you to smile yeah. and to welcome you know, someone that's in front of you. So I do believe when it comes to the workforce that there are two things that are going to be required in, in kind of in parallel, willingness and ability. Okay. If you have the willingness to do it, right and you're not able to, I can train you. That's true. If you're able to, but not willing, then you have no place in my company. That's true. Very well said. You know, in, I come from an Indian uh, culture. My background, family background is Indian. And we have a saying that you can only take a horse to the river. He has to bend down and drink the water. You know, you can only take it there. And I think yeah. that's the sort of thing you're trying to say. It's, it's absolutely love it. You know, you got to be motivated to add something. Skills can be, you know, developed over time, but you need to have that sort of willingness, like you said, to take the action. 
I love that. Yeah, you become as an employee or a prospective employee, you become an ROI, a return on investment. Yeah. So I'm paying you X dollars an hour or X dollars per year. What is that company's return on that investment? So if you're making minimum wage right now in Florida, I think it's five sixty four an hour. Right. No, I'm sorry, eight sixty four an hour. So what is that return? If the return is more than eight sixty four, you can stick around. But if that's that true. return is less than eight sixty four an hour, then you're becoming a drag on the company, and that's the same whether you're a salaried employee as well. If you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year, the return on that investment needs to be more. So you are that return on the investment, but you're still a human, and that's how you do it is by being a human. Absolutely. Hey, you know, I generally come with a template of questions that I want to ask my guests because your line of work is so interesting. I just came with a question on the spot, and I just want your opinion on it. Is being in HR and having that experience with people. Um, relationship building is something you deal with like on a regular basis. It's essential for you to, to, to be productive, you know? Yes. So what's your general view on relationship? What do you think? It's a very broad question. So just feel free to be creative with your answers. Um, defines a good relationship and again, separates it from a fake or an artificial one. Yeah. So genuineness yeah. is probably the most important key. I can teach a manager, hey, you should be nice to your employees. You should know a little bit about them. Yeah. And then the manager becomes very task oriented. Hi, what's your name? Well, what's your, what's your spouse's name? What's your kid's names? What do you do when yeah. you're not at work? That's not genuine. Mm-hmm. Hey, what'd you do over the weekend? You know, like I live in Fort Lauderdale. So one of my employees might say, hey, I went to Disney over the weekend. Really? Oh, my gosh. I love Disney. Which park did you go to? Yeah. So really having that genuine connection. And then later on, when you see that person, have you been to Disney lately? Mm-hmm. You went with your kids. Or how are your kids doing? So it becomes a whole lot more genuine instead of forced and contrived. Absolutely. So ask people and behave like you really care. You really want to know. Absolutely. Because if you don't care, it's going to show. Absolutely. Hey, you know, John, that's, that's an exciting message right there. And I think it's the perfect way to end the second segment. Now coming on to the third segment, I've got a question prepared. And again, you said earlier um, that you help people understand the way they react to a situation. You know, I was reading a book, uh, I think a month ago, it was by Jordan Belfort, if you know who he is. He wrote Wolf of the Wall Street. Exactly. So he came up with this book and I was reading it and he said, try to be, you know, a difference between rich people who really make it and people who, you know, just give up and live. I don't want to use the word low level life, but that's what he used. You know what I mean? Right. Is the way they react to situations and more importantly, you know, the way they manage themselves in a crisis. You know, what sort of internal dialogue are you having with yourself? What are you telling yourself? Hey, that I'm a loser. You know, this thing happened. And why does this happen with me all the time? Every single time I make this mistake. Or are you telling yourself, hey, I know this situation arrived. and I know it's hard, but I need to do something. And I think my experience has taught me to take this kind of approach. Is that something that is familiar to you when you use it or? Yes. And, and here's the thing, you know, a yeah. lot of people are way harder on themselves than they need to be, than they should be. Right. And I think there's a lot of subconscious programming 
often from our youth that is carried through. I mean, if we think back, I remember when I was a kid, I grew up in a, in a low income family when I was really, really young. Right. My mom admits that she collected welfare when I was a relative newborn uh, in America. Welfare is one of those support programs when you're yes. really, really poor. And, you know, one of the things I heard constantly because of that is, and I'm sure some of your audience has heard it, money doesn't grow on trees. No. Right. No. So there's a lot of that subconscious programming that we hear and the subconscious obviously is that level below the conscious level conscious. where we can understand and comprehend yeah. the subconscious controls almost everything in our mind. So when I think back to my childhood, it was very well intentioned. It was a mechanism that my mom put in place to protect me, right. to keep me from experiencing whatever it was at that point in time. So realizing that that message came from a place of love and not a place of fear, lack, or hurt, I can look back now when I get into a situation where I'm feeling negative and say, you know what? That negative message I received in the past was for my protection and for love. What is there now that I'm being protected from or what love is there for me to find in this situation? And as I've gotten older, I've realized more and more that every situation is just that. It yeah. is a situation. Yeah. How I interpret that situation yeah. is the, what's ultimately important. And before we hit record, we were talking a little bit about right now during this pandemic, there are industries yeah. that are thriving. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Although the pandemic is affecting hundreds of millions of people in a very negative way. So the yeah. situation is just a situation. Yeah. What message do you receive about it? And what message are you transmitting about it at the same time? That has a deep, deep impact, John. And while working with people, again, as you said, um, you have a bunch of people that you manage and you have managed in the past. Is that one sort of common challenge that you think people deal with is managing their own state, the way they react to the situation? Do you think if, if you tap into it and kind of teach them how to use this effectively, it can change their mindset 180 degrees and can make them more effective while coming up with solutions? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I created as part of uh, Empowered Marketing Solutions, I created this framework that I call Resolve. It's R-E-S-O-L-V-E. And one of the steps, it's actually the very, very first step. R stands for recall. Okay. Everybody in their past had some level of success at something, yes. whether it was you got a trophy, whether you um, graduated from high school, uh, whether you got the love and adoration of a parent, yeah. whatever it is, everybody has some level of success in the past. And I talk about a technique called anchoring. So yeah. what you do is you close your eyes, you think about that positive situation. Uh, so for me, I had a couple I looked at when I graduated from college because I was the first person in my family to graduate from college. Nice. So I close my eyes. I see myself walking across the stage. I'm grabbing my diploma. I'm moving my tassel. <laughs> and then when I get to that point and I'm feeling everything that was positive about that, I anchor it with a motion and a word. So the motion yeah. for me is like a fist and it's power. And that now is anchoring that feeling of the positivity of all of the goodness into that word and that motion. So now yeah. when I face a time where there's some conflict or there's some struggle, I can use that anchoring technique because anchoring speaks to the subconscious That's and true. forces the good back to the conscious level. 
And it brings out the same emotion that you were feeling at that time. Absolutely spot on. And it pivots the situation so quickly. It is one of the most effective techniques that I have ever experienced. You know, there's hypnosis, there's NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, there's Reiki and all these other things. But I think that the anchoring is instantaneous. It's the fastest thing I've seen. Absolutely. You know, I, I do something similar because I used to be very afraid of giving public speeches and even speaking in a public environment. But I, I, I knew that I had to do that. So before going on speech, one day I, I actually gave a really good presentation. And when I walked out of it, I decided to, you know, set up an olfactory anchor in which I grabbed a cup of coffee that I was drinking at the time, you know, and I said, yes, you know, and now every time before I go and deliver a presentation, I have the same cup of coffee. You know, and it brings back the same feeling. It makes me more empowered to go. And I think that's anchoring right there as well. It absolutely is. And olfactory is not a very often used one. Usually it's yeah. something tactile yeah. and audible. So that's yeah. pretty cool that you did the coffee. And it's funny you talk about public speaking because I do do some public speaking. I've spoken on some stages around the world. And I remember going back to my first public speaking gig. I was in college and it wasn't public. It right. was actually a public speaking class. So let me kind of explain what happened. So you're I in classroom to- speaking to your fellow students. Yes, but here's the here's the part that made it a little worse for me at the time. And I okay. hadn't mastered everything that I have now. Right. I was doing my senior year of high school and my freshman year of college at the same time. So in order for me to graduate high school, I had to complete five credits of English in college. Right. Each English credit was three. So I had to do freshman English, which was easy. Yeah. Sophomore English was the one that had the public speaking. So I'm a high school senior in a yeah. class of college sophomores wow. having to do a presentation about myself yeah. and I did not prepare. Okay. I thought and thought, I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I don't know what I'm going to say. And my name got called that day of the class and it instantly came to me and it was like, aha. So I kind of did a finger snap yeah. and it got anchored and I, I got up there and I did my presentation. It only had to be about five minutes. And it, it killed it. It did great. Yeah. Later on in my career, I worked for a nonprofit. Same thing. I had to do this presentation to my peers. Didn't have anything in mind. Time to get up there and speak. Came to me, finger snap. So I started doing it the same way. So it kind of puts you in the zone. And every sing- do you still use it every single time you jump on when you're kind of feeling unprepared? You know, it, it's, it, I have actually done a whole lot of stage presentation training. So I've learned how to present and sell on stage. Right. And a good portion of my HR career was actually training. Okay. So I can actually improv and do quite a bit on the fly. I learned from a master at persuasion and stage selling. So he shows you how to take an image that's on a screen and speak about it. And we actually did an exercise in this class. It was a 10 day class that, you know, from morning to to night and we had four people in a row and we had to create a continuous story as the pictures changed. So I think I've moved past that point, um, though I still draw on that inspiration. Absolutely. Hey, John, our conversation keeps on getting, you know, exciting and interesting as we speak. You know, it's just it's just amazing, you know, and. Like, I apologize in, in advance to like to ask you this question, but I have to because a lot of my audience out there, a lot of people in general go through this, you know, for someone who's just starting out, it's a job, corporate career, even in entrepreneurship, there's a lot of negativity that surrounds us. And again, I apologize for bringing on this negative question, but hey, you know, it happens. You got to you got to address it. It's, it's family the real members, world. Yeah. Family members, friends, even your boss is looking down upon you giving you comments, you know, suddenly everything is good, but all of a sudden some, you know, some situation arises and you're like, man, I didn't expect this when I was starting. 
So I just want to know, like, what's your mindset regarding that? And what advice can you give to youngsters or anyone who's in the situation where they're facing a lot of negativity and want to get out of it? I think if I look back early in my professional career, I had a lot of that, obviously, because I didn't know everything. Of yeah. course, I graduated college, thought I knew everything. <laughs> and then I got into the real working world and found out I didn't know anything. Yeah. And I used to internalize it as a reflection on me. And it wasn't me. It was my behavior or my it was something about me, but not specifically me. So I think realizing that it's not about you as a person, it's yeah. about a behavior that is completely correctable. So take that feedback, internalize it, analyze it, look at it from a different perspective, yeah. and then acceptance goes a really long way. Maybe you feel that what you're doing is right or what you said was correct, and that's that person's interpretation of what you've done. So maybe you just kind of flip the switch so that in that person's presence or in that environment, you're meeting their standards as opposed to your expectations. Absolutely. I think, yeah, interpreting, you know, internalizing and then analyzing that feedback, that, that really connects with me. Because Yeah, I think it's really important because... Yeah your subconscious gets involved again. Yeah. So when you internalize it a little bit and kind of reflect on it, a lot of stuff will become clearer. That's true. Absolutely. Because whenever we receive feedback or criticism, we get emotional because we put our emotions into it. I think what we got to do is take them out and, and see it as, you know, a progress. See it as yep. something that we can work on. And you don't necessarily have to take the emotions out. I think you have to honor the emotions right. and realize it's a reflection of your feeling. And then we can interpret that. That's true. That's true. John, I mean, I can sit down and talk to you for about hours and hours, but we only have so much time on this podcast. So we had five to seven minutes left. I think the last segment of this podcast, I want to ask you two questions. Number one, if there are any resources and by resources, I mean, podcast books, or even articles that you read online that have helped you along your way and in your journey and you want to recommend to my audience who can read them and actually develop that sort of positive mindset. And the second question is where my audience can find you and if you have any special announcements, your websites and everything, go for it. Absolutely. So I think books, there's a lot of different books. I read a lot of different things and a lot of them have been really, really influential and good for me. On the entrepreneurial front, I would say uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by yeah. Robert Kiyosaki oh, yeah. is one of the seminal pieces yeah. on entrepreneurship. Um, Everyone should read that. Yeah. yeah, I agree completely. Yeah. I mean, talking about the four different quadrants and, and it's just so incredibly powerful, especially right now. Uh, if we look at... Um, uh, the How to Win Friends and Influence People. It talks about communications and, and influence is incredibly important. Another really good book, uh, also kind of on the idea of Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It was actually one of Robert's key trainers. Her name is Laura Langmire, called mm. The Millionaire Maker. And mm. she kind of takes Robert's work, The Four Quadrants, and flips it her own way, which is also an incredible message. So you've got two different people that are there on the entrepreneurial front. Um, I've read The Wolf of Wall Street that you're yeah. talking about, another great book. Um, there's a lot of lessons on what not to do. Exactly. Obviously, turned it around. Yeah. So really good there. They, that's, um, again, you know, how you react to a situation. It was bad for him, you know. And, absolutely. And it's people's worst nightmare to end up like that. But hey, that guy turned it around. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that means that everybody can change. Yeah, that's true. You know, that, that saying that you can't teach an old dog new tricks, that's not true. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. You know, on the, on the development side of things, I've read so many different books on self-development, um, the, the, about the chakras, you know, the seven chakras that are involved mm-hmm. in the body. And, and uh, uh, the, that was a really good one. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones. So I've read some hypnosis books. There's a lady named Victoria Gallagher who wrote a book last year. Uh, I've been connected with her for a little while. A really powerful book, definitely about mindset and and how to adjust your framing and things yeah. like that. So that yeah. was a really good book. Why? Um, trying to think back to some of the other development books that I've read, and I, and I do read. I read a lot. Yeah. So I read business books, and then, honestly, I read spy thrillers because uh, that kind of takes me away from from the environment that I'm in. Yeah. So I love Brad Thor and I love Vince Flynn. Vince has passed on, but they're uh, they have another author writing his books, much like the Ian Fleming for uh, James Bond. James Bond. So yeah. Those are those are kind of my escape from reality books. It's so important to have one productive side and one creative side. I always say, you know, something that makes you escape into your own zone. That's important. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think that there's time to decompress. You know, I've heard from many of my entrepreneurial friends that they get the most productive when they're not working. You know, they're taking a vacation and all that because then your your subconscious and your brain just kind of gets into that mode where the ideas stop flowing because you're not focused in this myopic, very narrow way. Absolutely, John. And, you know, I totally agree with you. I think reading has had such a big impact on my life because I started reading, I religiously reading. Yeah. I, I fooled around a little bit, but uh, four years ago when I decided that, Hey, I need to change who I am internally, you know? And since then, like if I, if I do a rewind, I see the growth and the growth is exponential. You know, I know yeah. it's hard to develop a habit of reading, but doing it, you know, really has an impact. Yeah. And I, uh, I generally, except for right now, because I can't, I go to the gym in the morning yeah. before I head into the office. And a lot of times I bring my iPad, I'll pop on the Kindle app while I'm on a piece of cardio yeah. and I'll just read, um, you know, and then I alternate it with, with lifting weights and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so those days I don't. And then part of my job is a fair amount of travel, mm. uh, which obviously I'm under lockdown on that right now. Yeah. But every time I'm on a plane, I've got my Kindle and I'm reading something. Absolutely. Well, thanks for sharing that message, John. And now uh, for the final segment, you can tell my audience, you can take over the floor where they can find you. And if there are any special announcements you want to make, go for it. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. So um, I do have a website. It's johnracine.com, J-O-H-N-R-A-C-I-N-E.com. And um, a lot of info is on there. I've got some free content there. There's a video on my resolve system, which is how to overcome virtually any problem in life or business, completely free. Uh, that is available there as well. And I'm really, really excited. I talked a little bit about the mastermind I'm in with, in with the ladies in, in England. And we are putting together something called the Soul Alignment Revolution. And it's mm-hmm. focusing on the chakras, which I alluded to a little bit ago. And we're each presenting a little bit of content on each of the chakras, 100% for free. Uh, and it's including uh, one of my mentors, Harriet Hale, who is the priestess of light, is what she calls herself. She's the leading money mindset person in England. And she's kind of our keynote person. Right. And we are super excited about this. And she's rolling out something completely new that she told us on a call yesterday, as a matter of fact, that uh, I, we don't know all the details on, but our soul alignment revolution is going into it. So that's going to be at soul alignment revolution.com. I think it's all traditional American spelling. I don't know if there's any words that might have a European spelling, but I'm pretty sure it's S-O-U-L-A-L-I-N-I-G-N 
M-E-N-T-R-E-V-O-L-U-T-I-O-N.com. And I pray I spelled that right. I think you did. Thank you so much, John. And in all, I want to say it's been an honor. Like we said, you know, that positive conversation, I think everybody needs to do something like this to get their day started in the right direction. So thank you. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to share with your audience. I love talking about these things because I think we need that positivity and that that fundamental mindset mindset shift right now. So I'm incredibly honored to be on your podcast. Thank you for inviting me. You're always welcome here, John. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. the Total Freedom Podcast. For the show notes, head over to totalfreedompodcast.com forward slash episode 22. Thank you so much, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Total Freedom Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Total Freedom Podcast. We create this podcast to help people become more resilient, overcome the challenges in their life, and achieve the life of their dreams. So I wanted to introduce you to the Resolve Formula, which is my unique system to overcome virtually any challenge in life or business. So I want to invite you to head over to totalfreedompodcast.com forward slash resolve and see the short video that I created that walks you through the seven very simple steps of that Resolve Formula. So again, head over to Total Freedom podcast.com forward slash resolve check out the video and we'll see you on the next episode thanks thanks for listening to total freedom with john racine at www.totalfreedompodcast.com